You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Dirt Radio, Organic, Friends of the Earth, Activism, Underground, Political Action, Necessary, Wind Farms, Indigenous Struggles, Land Rights, Anti-Nuclear, Nanotechnology, Climate Change, Coal Barons, Mining Magnates, Activists, Educating, Communities, Transforming, Communities, Mobilising a Sustainable Planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, Dirt Radio. That's where we are. We are sponsored by Friends of the Earth. You can find us at foe.org.au. And uh, it's John in the studio with you this morning. How are you uh, all? And uh, once again, we are looking at all things environmental. Last week, 20 Democrat senators in the United States took before stood before Congress to talk about the machinery of climate science denial and the ways that the fossil fuel industry supports and funds this machinery. Graham Redfern is a journalist working out of Brisbane. He has a specialism in the global reach of the dark arts of climate denial, and he's with Dirt Radio this week to talk about what these Democrat senators discussed last week and the broader implications of what they talked about. Good morning, Graham. Hey, John. How are you? Good. One of the speeches uh, that was made by these Democrat senators, they used the term the web of denial, which is a very evocative phrase. What was being referred to by that phrase, web of denial? Uh, well, they uh, that, that was... Sheldon Whitehouse, the, the Democratic Senator for Rhode Island. Um, and what he's talking about there is uh, a network which has been studied in the academic literature of well over 100 uh, different groups. Uh, sometimes they call themselves think tanks or foundations or institutes. Um, and um, amongst them, um, uh, on consistently, uh, the groups are either uh, challenging the, the consensus that um, uh, human emissions of greenhouse gases cause climate change, or they're saying that, yeah, it causes climate change, but it won't be too bad, um, or um, if you do anything about this, it's going to wreck the economy. Um, and the, the other common factor in this web of denial is, is how those groups are funded. Um, uh, and in particular, uh, the, the academic literature has looked at this Sort of web of denial over the last uh, over the last few years, and found that in particular um, uh, groups that are funded by that are or have been funded by um, Exxon Mobil uh, or the, um, the the billionaire Koch brothers Charles and David Koch, um, or a, a very interesting outfit called Donors Trust and its sister group Donors Capital Fund. Um, a lot of that web of denial has has been funded through through those avenues, either by Exxon, by the Cokes, or by Donors Trust. So that's that's what the senators were were, were trying to articulate and describe uh, to Congress. Just uh, uh, Graham, just to interrupt yeah. a sec, the the last one you mentioned. How do you spell that? That uh, Donors Trust is it? Donors. So donors. Uh, donors I mean, Trust. Make a donation. To oh yes, sorry, Donors, donors Trust. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. Look, the other thing I wanted to uh, say, I guess, in the in the um, beginning of our int- introduction, I imagine what the senators were doing last week was a pretty astounding sort of thing to be going on in the United States. Um, it, well, I, I, I think you're right, John. It, it's not only is it an astounding thing uh, for the United States, I think it's an astounding thing for probably any democratically elected um, House um, anywhere in the world. I think this is um, this is the first time, um, I think, and I've, I've followed it quite closely over the years, I think this is the first time where there's been a concerted effort by um, well over a dozen senators, uh, about 19, I think the count was in the end, uh, talking for hours and hours on end, many, many tens of thousands of words committed to this issue uh, to try and, and um, uh, tell, the, tell the American people uh, that... Um, but when when they read things in the newspapers or when they're having conversations over barbecues with their fi- friends at garden parties and things, and their friend turns around and says, "Oh, you know, um, uh, CO two doesn't cause climate change; it's all from the sun." Mm. Um, but, but even those little talking points, they're 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 like uh, if you think of those as a product, um, then uh, those kind of talking points, that doubt that's there in the community, is a product of this of this machinery. Um, and so, yeah, an astounding thing um, for the U.S. to be doing, uh, but an, an astounding thing anywhere, I think. Um, be, and not only because we've known that this machinery exists for, for quite a long time now. Um, uh, at least um, a, a ballpark kind of date would be around the, uh, the early 90s, late 80s, when, um, when some of these uh, groups, started to coalesce and really began to try and push back on what the scientific literature was clearly saying. The other thing I wanted to ask about was, because you have been following this fairly closely, what kind of, I guess, preface my remark by saying Mm. there was virtually no coverage or at least a very little coverage of this in Australia. Do you think there was much coverage of it in the United States, given all the other things that are going on there? Yeah, um, not as much as I, as I think probably they expected. There, there have been a few stories since. Um, uh, outlets like The Nation um, have, have covered this um, and Huffington Post. Um, but there wasn't as much coverage as possibly uh, you might have expected. But um, uh, Donald Trump seems to be um, uh, yes. uh, fairly dominant in his sucking a lot of the news coverage into his own little... Um, his own little uh, bowl there, um, uh, but no, I don't think there was as much uh, coverage as, as you might have expected. But it's probably timing rather than uh, yes. as much as anything. Yeah, John. Look, the the other thing you've alluded to this in in your comments, the speeches referred to a number of organisations. You've listed some of them that are essentially putting out material to create the scepticism about the climate science in the United States. The one that I'm most familiar with is the Heartland Institute, mm. but Tell us a little bit about some of these other ones, and how do they actually work? Um, well, the, most of them are, um, uh, to get technical for a minute, most of them are registered as, as what's known as 501c3 organizations in the U.S., and that, that's, it's, um, in simple terms, they're a, they're a not-for-profit group, uh, and if you give money to them, you get a tax break. Um, uh, they don't pay income tax, um, 
Uh, and there's some there's some protections amongst those groups in terms of that they don't have to reveal who their funders are. Um, uh, but um, many of the fu- many of the funding organisations are also um, these in the uh, same categorisation of, of non-profit not-for-profit groups. So there is a way to tell where, where the money's coming from. So some of the organisations you mentioned, the Heartland Institute, that's probably um, if, if people have heard of one, it's it's possibly that one. Um, they were famous uh, for a billboard that they ran where they compared um, the uh, where they suggested that if you still believed in global warming, then uh, you were you were sitting in the same camp as um, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Um, uh, Heartland Institute is interesting. They've been running conferences uh, once or twice a year for the last few years. Some Australians have, have been to those conferences. Senator Corey Bernardi, um, the former Senator Steve Fielding, um, both went to those conferences. Bernardi spoke at one. Uh, George Christensen, the Nationals MP, just recently re-elected. He spoke at uh, a Heartland conference last year. But some of the other groups, uh, the groups like the Competitive Enterprise Institute, the American Enterprise Institute, the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow, the George Marshall Institute, Cato Institute, Americans for Prosperity, the Franklin Center. I mean, we could, we could go on and on. There, there are. Um, oh dear. Yeah, there are um, a, a large study in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences last year tried to look at these, um, how many groups there were. Um, and and um, they found uh, upwards of 150 organisations that that were active in what 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 this particular piece of research described as the climate change counter movement. Um, and um, there, there's there's a lot of them, um, and it's quite difficult to keep track of their activities. Um, but one, one interesting aspect of it, I guess, was one of these studies into these groups last year. Um, they found that that if um, one of these groups involved in this climate change counter-movement, as it was described, if, if these groups had taken money from either the, the, the Koch brothers or Exxon, they were significantly more likely to make this argument that you might have heard that CO2 is good, uh, that it's, CO2 is just food for plants, mm. it's not going to do us any damage. Um, and But in, in order to... to um, uh, to work out that the, this funding equaled, uh, uh, meant they were more likely to make this argument. They had to go through about 39 million words of text. Um, uh, so that gives you an idea of the kind of output that these that these groups um, are getting through. So these are not these are not small organisations with just a few people look, working around uh, hot desks. These no. are major major organizations that employ presumably hundreds and hundreds of people. Oh, uh, yeah. Some, uh, the, the, la- the larger ones would, would have um, uh, scores and scores of, of staff, not all dedicated to climate change. Um, but uh, um, uh, to give you an idea of, of the amount of money going into those groups from this kind of web of, of uh, denial funding, um, uh, one study uh, found... Uh, put the figure at more than $500 million between 2003 and 2010 to upwards of 100 groups. Um, uh, so the, the, the money is not insignificant. Uh, the, uh, uh, the people power on the ground that, that's at the disposal of these groups is, is significant. Um, 
and uh, they are extremely well linked um, uh, with with high levels of U.S. politics. Um, so they're um, it, it's it's a real force, and it's it. What we have to re- we have to remember a couple of things. One one is that it. Um, uh, it, it is a key reason why there's still an argument among the general populace in the U.S. and Australia and the U.K. and elsewhere that climate change might not be caused by humans um, when uh, multiple studies have shown that, that hmm. um, climate scientists, um, upwards of 90%, uh, more likely upwards to 97 98% of climate scientists who actually study and publish in the, in the literature um, know that climate change is caused by humans. Graham, have you got a, a couple more minutes? I just need to put on a uh, an announcement and uh, yeah, let people know that uh, we are Dirt Radio. I'm talking with Graham Redfern. He's a journalist working out of Brisbane, and he's got a particular interest in the dark arts of climate denial and the way it works around the world. We're Dirt Radio, and we'll be right back after this. IPAN is inviting you to attend its anti-war conference and join the Close Pine Gap protests from the 26th of September to the 2nd of October in Alice Springs. Pine Gap facilitates US war activities, international espionage and their killer drone program. It's time to stop the drift to war and free Australia from US military bases. For more information on the IPAN conference, go to ipan.org.au and for protest details, see closepinegap.org. IPAN is a 3CR supporter. This is David Rovix and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55am, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. Dirt Radio is where we are. I'm John, and I'm talking with Graham Redfern. He's a journalist in Brisbane working on climate denial. Graham, thanks for staying on the line with us. I wanted to turn to specifically to Australia. You've written that the web of denial has some fairly long tentacles. I'm mixing my metaphors here, but um, it's reaching well into the Australian right-wing political culture and even Australia's research culture. And you mentioned it earlier, but I just wanted you to uh, just tell us a little bit about what you found in terms of the political connections within Australia, say, with the Heartland Institute or even with some of the other institutions that you've mentioned? Yeah, sure. Um, Australia has been a a contributor um, to that web of denial, as as well as being kind of a consumer of it and a a victim of it, too. Um, uh, We can start with the the Heartland Institute, where, as I said, we've had um, uh, three, uh, three politicians... Uh, visit those conferences in recent years uh, and come back from the U.S. with a, a grab bag of climate science denial talking points. Um, other groups include ones like the, um, the Science and Public Policy Institute, uh, where the, the, the late Dr. Robert Carter um, uh, was a science advisor there and um, uh, a, a um, uh, Australian meteorologist, William Kinnaman is an advisor at the, the Science and Public Policy Institute. They have great names, these institutes. Mm. Um, uh, and 
I mean, even to take it uh, take it to the present, uh, r- right now, um, uh, the, the Science and Public Policy Institute publish a whole load of, um, of, of research papers um, that, that kind of put some flesh on the bones of these climate denial arguments for people to, to repeat. Um, uh, several Australians have written um, pieces for the, the Science and Public Policy Institute, including Malcolm Roberts, who's currently hoping to grab the second Senate spot for one nation uh, in Queensland, um, there are. Um, uh, when it comes to supporters of that network, um, uh, the Heartland Institute has has enjoyed sponsorship from several um, groups uh, um, based in Australia. Um, a key a key operator um, in in this network and. Uh, a group that helps to link the two things together is the Institute of Public Affairs, um, based there in Melbourne, um, and they they have invited uh, several um, uh, um, contrarian scientists or spokespeople from these groups to come to Australia and and, and tour around. And of course, the, the, the impact that, that that has is that um, when uh, Robert Bryce from the Manhattan Institute or Mark Stain or Pat Michaels from the Cato Institute or Patrick Moore from the CL2 Coalition come to Australia and talk. They, they come here, they go on multi-city speaking tours, they write op-eds, uh, often in News Limited Press, they appear as guests on TV and on radio shows like yours. Um, uh, Hopefully um, not ours. <laughs> not, not, not shows like yours, but everything from Alan Jones. Radio to, yeah, Alan Jones. Yeah, um, uh, and 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 that continues to breed this this kind of scepticism among the public. And I don't necessarily blame the public. Um, mm. um, people are busy, um, and you know what? This 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 is the kind of thing that that um, that they'll pick up when when turning their dial, or even watching Q and A on on the ABC. You know, when these people come and they they, they sit on a panel and yep. um, and and they push these views forward. So Australia has been. As I said, I think a consumer, a contributor, and a and, and a victim. Um, I want to turn us to the uh, to the present, actually, and mm-hmm. you've kind of alluded to this a little bit. I, I just give you a little bit of a personal anecdote here. I'm sitting there watching the election coverage the night after the voting, and uh, mm-hmm. Alan Jones is on Channel Seven, and he he's congratulating Pauline Hanson, and just who's just announced her win of the Senate seat, and and just as she's finishing her speech. Um, she pulls to her side this fellow, this, and he, she puts her, wraps her arm around his shoulder, and basically says to him, "Oh, so it, it, they're looking at the camera." And she says, so, "Well, he, here's um, Matthew, uh, Ma- Malcolm Roberts, and uh, he's he's my uh, he's my co uh, co campaigner, and uh, he's the guy who's going to be setting us right about all this climate." change bs that that were that yeah. those were her her words mm-hmm. and uh of course alan jones is congratulating them both now what's the connection between malcolm roberts and one nation and and why should be we be worried about this uh well the connection between malcolm roberts one nation and alan jones is actually very clear um uh, around 2010 um uh, there was a, a, an organization launch called the Galileo Movement. Um, and Alan Jones is the patron, and it was set up 
just to challenge climate science and fight any efforts to, to put a, a, um, a price on, on greenhouse gas emissions. Um, that's, um, it, funnily enough, if you want to talk about the web of denial, that, that group was founded by two individuals who the previous year had brought uh, Lord Christopher Monckton for a tour around Australia, Monckton being a, a, the, the, uh, an advisor to the Science and Public Policy Institute, one of these myriad groups over in the U.S., um, and Malcolm Roberts, um, the One Nation candidate, uh, Senate candidate for Queensland, has been a long-standing uh, project manager for, for Galileo. Um, uh, as I wrote last week, uh, One Nation's climate and energy policy is uh, is an almost exact cut and paste of the Galileo movement's policy. Um, and so when Alan Jones is congratulating Pauline Hanson and, and Malcolm Roberts on a job hmm. well done, hmm. uh, well, it's, uh, um, uh, he, he knows very well just uh, what a good job Malcolm Roberts has done in um, pushing uh, hmm. the denial, denial of climate science onto the policy agenda for One Nation. It's, it's, it's a direct cut and paste. Look, it's it, the way you're describing this. I, I, I'm I'm sort of reinterpreting my my personal anecdote. Just just watching, you know, actually realizing I, I'm I'm look at at that evening. I was actually looking at three members of this kind of cabal, <laughs> just yeah, just um, right there, and uh, on Channel Seven, you know, kind of giving them free free publicity. Yeah, and and um, Alan Jones. Uh, around 2010, when the Galileo movement uh, launched and he, he was patron, um, uh, Alan Jones uh, invited on a, a bunch of members of the, the advisory council of the Galileo movement, uh, which includes individuals who are uh, uh, based in the U.S. Who, who are part of this web of denial. He invited a lot of those guys onto his radio show, um, uh, remembering that this is one of the most popular talkback shows mm-hmm. in Australia, um, to give them uh, kind of free um, free space, free airtime uh, to push uh, long debunked um, climate science denial talking points onto onto the uh, the Australian public. So that um, Alan Jones, uh, Pauline Hanson, and and Malcolm Roberts, it, it wasn't a um, uh, probably not a random by chance. Uh, congratulations from Mr. Jones. It's, uh, he's been following this um, and been an a- active uh, active map player for a while. Yeah. Uh, look, we're, we're we're just about out of time, Graham. I really appreciate your you taking the time to spend with us. And in fact, our All interview's right. gone quite quite. Uh, it covered quite an extensive range of topics. Look, I, I want to finish this in this way, and and I, One Nation has got a number of policies, including in it, they want to have an inquiry into the CSIRO for mm. for some you know for, for their climate research. They want to have an inquiry into the Bureau of Meteor- Meteorology, which they're claiming is not accurately reporting the results. They want to teach climate skepticism in schools. They want to have a royal commission into climate science. Mm. Now, it's easy for us to scoff and mock at this kind of stuff. What what do you think that organizations like Friends of the Earth should be doing to neutralize this seemingly irrational denialism? Um, well, um, far be it for me to advise an environment group, uh, um, but... 
Well, for one, let's uh, very quick think about what, what, what this might mean. Um, there are already um, uh, coalition uh, members, senators and MPs, who share the kind of views that Malcolm Roberts would push around. Malcolm Roberts would push around. Um, uh, and uh, having a few more uh, climate science denialists with an ideological zeal about them in the Senate, um, uh, that may give us... Um, more of the rather strange inquiries that we've had over recent years into um, uh, the the uh, um, the idea that wind turbines can um, can can give you a, a, all sorts of different illnesses when there's uh, there's no there's no firm evidence that it can do any of those. So we've had already had odd inquiries in the Senate. Um, yes. So I guess it increases the risk uh, of, of this happening. Um, well, we'll have maybe, to... I should, maybe I should end with an anecdote. I, I, um, some years ago, I, I, um, I, was, in, I was invited uh, to one of the national kind of climate action conferences, um, and I, I, I remember talking to them about this um, web of denial then. Um, and um, there, there has been a general reluctance, uh, I think, for environment groups to really get involved in this space, um, but the it, it remains true, I think, that um, uh, that when a, when a Friends of the Earth or a Greenpeace or a WWF um, asks for action on climate change, there's a concerted effort. There are people in rooms working to um, to neutralise every single good thing that those groups are trying to do. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think there's been a... I don't know why there's been a reluctance to engage with it or to expose it or to talk about it. Um, maybe because people want to talk about uh, what we can do. And, and uh, it's often been said to me, uh, oh, you know, why, why do you keep writing about this stuff? We all know the science is set. We should be talking about solutions. Hmm. Well, yeah, we, we, we should, but that's not... The, the, the reality is that there's a large... Um, quorum out there of, of, of individuals that, have, that are, are well funded um, who uh, PR PR's a lot cheaper than science hmm. um, and and when all you need to fund is PR and all you need to spread is doubt then um, it, it's it, it's effective particularly when it's it generally goes unchallenged um, Look, I think maybe it's time to stop laughing at it. Yeah, I, I, I think your your words are very prophetic. In fact, uh, and uh, as you mentioned, the coalition is just forming its government now. More uh, conservatives, I suspect, are going to be in the cabinet, and uh, hopefully, well, we're not going to have more wind farm inquiries. But I suspect you. Well, we'll have to wait. We'll have to watch this space to see what happens. Yeah. Look, I want to thank you again so much for being with us. I've been talking with. Graham Redfern, he's a journalist working out of Brisbane, and he's been tracking and writing about the dark arts of climate denialism over the last few years. And we want to make sure that he keeps on doing his vital work. We'll be putting his contact details on our Facebook page and our website. This is Dirt Radio. I've got to get out of here. It's John, and we'll be back next week. 